Konnichiwa, bitches. I am your fantastical voice of reason, Gavril, and this is my spectacular splendiferous co-host, Mr. Chris. Hello. Mr. Kevin is out this week because, of course, reasons. Uh, so last week, we talked about Russian gypsy space goats from space with our good buddy, Wendy. Uh, we also talked a little bit about the Windrunners and Sylvanas in particular. And this week, we're going to talk about Anduin Kidshin Rin because Kevin isn't here. And that means Chris and I get to talk about whatever nerdy bullshit we want and save the topics that actually call for a debate when we have a third person, Mr. Kevin here. Uh, so with that, we're going to get moving right along, footloose and fancy free into this week's show. Chris, how are you doing, buddy? I am. I'm well. I've wanted to kill people most of the week, but I'm well. I, I mean, that's a normal week for me. I, I, if I haven't considered homicide at least once or twice, my week hasn't gone well. Yeah, I suppose. So, what else has been going on besides hating people? Uh, I've been working a lot this week, so I haven't got a chance to play as many games as I would have liked. Um, work is one of the reasons that I've wanted to kill so many people this week. The same say people in particular. But let's not get into that. <laughs> that's normal. Um, reading a bit in WoW, like I said, like I said a couple of weeks ago, we've dropped down to one night a week until Tomb comes out. So raiding, and my hunters got a two set finally. My DPS kind of shot up with that BM two set, so I'm happy about that. Big shit deal I'm there. Just, Big shit deal there. Good to hear. Yep, I'm just kind of barreling along in WoW. I'm so not happy with the fucking broken shore. <laughs> You've gotten it's, tired of the broken shore at this point. I got tired of the broken shore second weekend. It's That's there's no point. story progression. It's just gated content built around stuff you're going to be doing anyway. It's yeah. not fun. We well we called that. We knew it was going to be like this. We knew it was going to be gated content. I never actually sat down and did the story arc. I was hoping and praying that it was going to be something like uh, Insurrection, which was so much story every week. Yeah, this and it it, it's been very light. Fun. It, this we've been very story light. It's mostly just um, it's just been go fetch this for me. And I hope get some it's not going to turn into another Warlords where the story just disappears after the first couple of, after the first chunk. I really well, do. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. This eleven week period has given them plenty of time to build on to the content for the future. Oh, I hope so. Um. Finishing up Final Fantasy prep, getting ready for Stormbloods. My Astrologian is up at a 225 eye level, and I've almost finished the Heavensward story. I've just got a little chunk more to do for the last couple uh, last couple minor patches. So, yep, getting barren through that. Well, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. I'm glad you're having to yourself some fun there. Um, I'm going to go ahead and fill in for Kevin uh, as himself because he's not here this week. Uh, hi, I'm Kevin. I'm not here because I hate freedom and I'm a secret communist. Uh, Chris, what's your week yeah, like? We'll, hey, we'll Gab, <laughs> what's your week like? Well, you know, I played a lot of Hearthstone. Uh, regrettably, I did not do enough Hearthstone to finish out my Legend grade. I was really upset with that. Um, I got to, I think, five uh, and some stars, and I just got distracted and bored, and yeah. Uh, I was coming up against a lot of decks that were hard counters to what I was playing, uh, because I'm playing what people consider a tier two deck, which is playable, but uh, has some weaknesses. Uh, I've been playing Evolve Shaman, uh, mm -hmm. 
yeah, I, I came up against a lot of people who are a lot more aggressive than I am, or yeah. a lot more controlly. Uh, Evolve Shaman's kind of a mid-range deck that just really blows up once you hit certain... It's almost a combo deck. It's, it's practically a combo deck, but it just really explodes when you get to certain points. Uh, I was very disappointed. I didn't make... Uh, I didn't make uh, Legend this season, but I'm going to shoot for the June season, I think, this year. Um, not a whole lot of WoW going on. Not a whole lot of WoW going on. Just bad times compared to, you know, with work Previous and everything. Patches. Well, I still haven't completed all the storyline content up to this point, or the the gate content up to this point. Um so I'm I'm not really completely all caught up with it. Uh, it's just been I you know I like to have people online that I know. I, I I really get most of my joy out of the game. You know, being online with like you or Nikolai Russian or Kevin and having somebody to bitch and complain at. Um. Besides that, uh, some Star Trek online again. I'm level thirty. Um. Mm. And uh, I restarted Witcher three uh, for a bad end run because I want to see. Never played what... the Witcher three. Uh, have you played the Witcher series? No, I'm you... poor and don't have enough money to buy games. It's a really, really good series. I, I I've absolutely loved the Witcher series. Um, Witcher three was one of the only um, games I bought where it was a pre-purchase. I, I did a pre-purchase, so I pre-purchased the game, and I wasn't disappointed afterwards. So that's okay. high praise for me, because I'm, I am I have a bad habit of doing things like, I pre-purchased and got early access for Killing Floor 2, and I played maybe like 90 hours worth of the game, and I can't yeah. stand to play it. Or Borderlands, the pre-sequel. Yeah, that's that, Yeah, but the Borderlands pre-sequel sucked. Yeah, that was that was a regretful purchase. That's that's a that purchase. That was a regretful purchase for most people. Yeah, it really was. Um Oh, I also owned Brink. I bought Brink when it launched. That was really a bad choice also. Mm. That's such a bad choice. I make a lot of really questionable decisions when it comes to video games. Uh but long story short, um yeah, I've been having a lot of fun doing that and uh getting my Hearthstone on. So, cool. yeah. Yeah. Uh so did we have any kind of feedback this week from our fantastical lovely listeners? Well, we got a couple um we got one from at Potato Swag 91, which is our good friend Nikolai, saying, "Please more lore. I got a half chub from that Argus talk." God damn it, Nikolai. <laughs> yep. And goddamn you for reading his words. Hey, I the, they put it on there. I just read it. Okay, that's that's what I do. I oh, so you were things. just doing your job? Yeah, you were just following orders. Yeah, isn't that the defense they use at the Nuremberg trials? It's not the point. Okay, that's fine. All right. <laughs> okay, that's okay. I just job. <laughs> I just compared you to a Nazi, but it's all right. You did you did? Yes, I, did. I don't appreciate it. I I compare Kevin to Nazi, not me. I, I know, but uh, yeah, 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 go ahead, go ahead, you were saying. Uh-huh. Uh, we did get a message from Integral AI, uh, so that's at Integral AI. Uh, if you're going to do a lore episode, have a rough li- timeline sketched out for uh, or lifted from the internet as advised. Last week was a bit of a half-assed show. Yeah, and... Purely and because we just last minute the topic because we thought we were going to be re-recording episode 22 because we thought we lost all the audio. 
wasn't the case. Kevin was able to grab, find the audio and recover it from her Zencaster maybe, what, 20 minutes before we were actually supposed to sit down and record? Uh, no, it was about five minutes before we started to record, before we were originally intended to record, and we all logged into the Zencaster, we logged into the room, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, hey, we got audio, guys, I have Chris's audio here. And we proceeded to absolutely rag on him, because he swore that the audio was gone. Yes, he swore for almost a week that the audio was gone, so we're like, okay, we don't have to redo the episode. It's already there. Let people hear Kevin and I rage at each other. Um, and we kind of last minute the topic. So we didn't have a timeline set out. We didn't have anything that we wanted to do. It's completely fair and understandable criticism because we did kind of fuck up last week in regards to not being prepared. Yeah. Well, uh, also, frankly, you know, I, I've never been one for the massive preparation. Like this week, I feel like we've done... With this, with this topic about Anduin, you know, I feel like we've done more prep work than we have for a lot of the other episodes we've done about this stuff. Yeah, the thing is, Anduin is one of the characters that both of us really like. I do. So, I do like Anduin. Both of us really like Anduin, so we both kind of jumped into it with like, okay, I know more about that stuff, you know more about that stuff, fill it out. So we're like, right, perfect. Chin 2 Electric Boogaloo is, is somebody, you know, I do have quite a bit of... Uh, I have quite a bit of interest in. We we we've watched him grow and mature as a uh, character uh, yeah. over the years. So he he's one of those characters that you know you and I both have a lot of opinions or we have a lot of knowledge about. Yeah. So it it this is going to be a slightly more in line show, but y'all y'all I love y'all I love y'all, but y'all got to realize something about me. I fly by the seat of my pants every single episode. Typically, I come in here with absolutely no knowledge of what I'm going to be talking about until I sit down and write the intro. Uh, coincidentally enough, I write all the intros for the shows. So if you have any understandable hate or you just don't like them, go to hell. <laughs> uh, so I know we did get uh, – but that, that it is fair criticism. It is fair criticism. You know, if we're, if we're going to try to treat, uh, you know, lore seriously, you know, we might want to put a little bit more effort into it. I guess we can do that. <laughs> I'm a jerk, I know. Um You're an asshole. <laughs> yes, I am. So I know we did have a uh, one more one more lovely listener. Uh, at said to us uh, a little a little bit uh, ago, so I think it was the start of the week thing. Uh just subbed and started listening to Azroth's Coast to Coast this morning. Thanks for the shout out. because uh, I that, think it was last week or the week before it was Kevin that gave him a shout out uh, yep. talking about when we were talking when we were play when they were playing on the he was the Storm's Australian servers with them, which, yep. by the way, was I love playing with Mujit. I love playing with um, Shaper, but good lord, I hate playing with them because it's always on the Australian servers. Why do you think I never joined with y'all? I'm pl I'm connecting from the UK. Okay, so Kevin's okay. He's connecting from the states. It's not as bad for him. I'm oh, connecting actually, from the UK. It's so actually I get like four hundred ping. It's better Constantly. for me than it is for Kevin, actually, because Kevin's on the East Coast and I'm in uh, I'm in the middle of the U.S. So it's actually a better latency for me than he's gonna get. I but get... I still don't fucking play on the Australian service, Southeast Asia and the Oceania region. I love you all, but uh, you can go fuck yourselves with your ping. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I when I'm playing on Europe, I get like twenty five ping. Yeah. When I'm playing on the U.S., I get like a hundred and twenty ping at most. That's not I'm bad. playing on the Australian servers, 400 plus. 
Well, you I, can <laughs> blame whatever. I blame Midget and I blame Shaper for loving for being Aussies and not living somewhere else so I can play with them without lagging to hell. Yeah. That's what I that's what I blame. Now Mood Git, of course, is Midget. Um uh, so just just clearing that up because he's been talking you've been talking about Midget and you know you did mention that ad mood git. Yeah. Midget. Mood jit. Uh, God damn it, Midget. I have the same handle everywhere. Jesus. <laughs> yep. God damn it. Unlike me. Um, so why don't you go ahead and uh, talk a little bit about some of the WoW news that we've got coming through this week. The big one, the massive one, is the uh, official launch date for Tomb of Sargeras. It will be going live on the 20th of June in the US, 21st in the UK. Uh, the, the EU, sorry. Um, which coincidentally does share the uh, same launch day as Final Fantasy Stormblood, as I predicted. That's so always that's... good. Yeah, you did. You did predict that. Yeah, totally predicted that. That, that. That's happening. So if you are one of those groups that will be raiding, raiding all the things, um, then those are the dates you want to get ready. 20th in the US and uh, North America regions. Uh, 21st in Europe and any other regions like that. So, yay. So, yeah, fantastic news there. That's uh, an official launch date. I believe we got that a couple of days ago. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be really interesting for us. Um, yeah. I'm just glad I don't have to farm Nighthold anymore. I yes. loved that place when it first came out. And then slowly I decided, fuck Botanist, huh. fuck Elisande, and fuck Gul'dan. Every other uh, fight I really enjoy, even still, even now, I just don't like those fights. Botanist is a shit show. Like, it is an absolute shit show. Elisand, it's not a hard fight. It's just so frustrating with the resets. Mm -hmm. And then everything that happened on the previous, uh, previous uh, phase happening again, plus all the other mechanics happening, is very frustrating. It's not a hard fight, it's just frustrating. Yeah, but it's a nice mechanically rich fight, so that's... Oh, uh, it's it a was, mechanically it was... beautiful fight. So, I mean, I feel like they've done a really good job with expanding on the mechanics. Uh, can you go back ten years and think, oh man, I'm doing... Um... <laughs> Magtheridon's lair. I'm doing Magtheridon's lair, and I'm clicking. I have the job to click the orb, click the box. It's my job to click the cube. Versus, you know, oh hey, you have to drop stacks by jumping inside of the fast time, uh, inside of the slow time, and then etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, whatever the hell bullshit Elison mechanics and everything. And it's just like holy shit. I'm gonna be very honest. I've only DPS that fight twice. I don't actually know what the DPS tactics are because the tank tactics are. Swap on two stacks, or second phase, run away if you have a stack. Third phase, interrupter. That's all I know for tank mechanics, because that's all the tank mechanics are. So I don't actually know what the DPS tactics are. <laughs> oh dear. Well, at least you didn't really have to raid <laughs> progression on your hunter. Exactly. I'm. I'm. Don't get me wrong. Two of is going to look up all the mechanics and all the tactics for for range DPS, but I, there wasn't a lot for tanks to worry about on that fight. So it's kind of a boring fight for me as a tank. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. That I don't feel like we've had a lot of really. Uh, I don't feel like there's been a lot of really engaging tank fights. Out Star of Augur. Star besides Star Augur. Star Augur is a beautiful tank fight. I absolutely love that fight. 
really even as is. a DPS, I fucking adore my favorite fight in the entire raid, possibly my favorite fight of the whole expansion so far. I love that fight. Fantastic to hear. I love to hear it. Um, so, by the way, we are going to have uh, some dedicated links uh, inside of the show description on the website, azeroctc.com. Uh, that's going to have a lot of information. The one we've got for that WoW announcement is going to be coming off of WoWhead. Uh, it'll also have the lead-in information for each of the bosses inside of the raid, plus some loot table information. So it's going to be a good read if you're really interested in that. It should also have the uh, LFR release timetable. Yeah, it does have the full release timetable for all difficulties for it. So uh, it's going to be, if you're looking for a particular bit of information, that's going to be a great little place to go and take a look. Um, you, you will notice that most of the stuff on our website uh, in regards to links will be Wowhead, MMO Champion, Blizzard Watch, Diablo fans, stuff like that. So Yeah, uh, the, the mainstream sites because we sold out. We sold out, but it's also because they actually give good information. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's really hard to sell out when you're not getting paid for it, though. So, you know. Very true. That, that, that's a... Anybody out there listening? Keep an ear This wants the dollar. Holla, holla. Dollar, dollar. Makes that, me holla. He that, exactly. He wants that tree fitty. That tree fitty, exactly. And we will, of course, have a link to the tree fitty video somewhere in there also. Um, so, in Heroes of the Storm news... Big, big announcement. We have gotten the announcement for our next hero release. It is, of course, Malthiel, the Aspect of Death. He is going to be a melee assassin. He seems to be a tank killer. Uh, his passive... Yeah, like yeah, baseline. He is a baseline tank killer. His passive deals uh, percentage health. Uh, for four seconds on an enemy that he basic attacks, uh, he is going to be really interesting to take a look at. Uh, I really don't feel like we need more assassins, though. I'd really like to see a little bit more I would have preferred another support. I, 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 well, no, I wouldn't have tagged him as a support. No, I would have preferred another support. I, would, oh, yeah. I, won't, I don't want Malthiel as a support, because good lord, okay. he is not. Yeah. But I would have preferred um, another support hero, because, let's be honest, we have a crap ton... In fact, no, I... Specialist would have even been good because we haven't had. When was the last time we had a specialist? Oh, Medivh? God. Medivh, I think, was the last specialist, but don't take that as a quote. I think it was Medivh. It's been a long time since we've had a specialist. Lucio was the last support, but don't, and don't get me wrong, I fucking adore Lucio. He's so much fun, but we need a bit more diversity in the other roles. We need. We need a bit. We need a lot more specialists. Let's I mean, be even honest, if he, the only specialist flex she's... Role. even if it was a flex role, they added in. Yeah, a multi class nice. would have been nice. Because the last specialist we had was I. I was, was Medivh. I'm pretty confident it was Medivh. But the only specialist that actually seemed to get any play is Sylvanas, Zul, uh, Nazebo, and on occasion Medivh. Zagara. Zagara still gets some play some play but not as much as she used to uh, it's the the global presence and the cross and the the split push is not as uh prevalent it seems it seems like it's more of a team fight oriented oh, meta at the moment and we're seeing a lot of more a lot more murky since yeah. he got his buffs since he got his buffs well it, it made him much more of a baseline brawler yeah. uh he, he he's much more impactful in a fight than he used to be he used to just be a split push yeah but yeah so Malthiel is the big news. Uh, there is a wonderful uh, thread over on MMO Champion that is we're going to include in the description on the show. 
put on the website that uh, has all of his information for a lot of his ability for all of his baseline abilities plus his heroics. I believe it might have some of the talent information, but I'm not entirely it positive. Does have a good chunk of the talent information, and it's got some screenshots of how his abilities will actually look in game and. Some of them look absolutely amazing. I'm just putting yep. that out uh, there. There's also a video in there that's going to have the in-development video, which is always fantastic to see. I love the in-development mm -hmm. videos because it shows us some of the mounts, some of the skins, some of the stuff that's coming up. Uh, and we so... got sprays and stuff for the first time, and they look awesome. Yep. Some of the sprays are amazing. We're so getting we a lot of cool summer stuff. skins as well. Animal Tracer and Tigers are both getting a summer skin. And I was talking to some of my friends in Europe when we were watching the video, and we noticed right away, very clearly, the Tychus skin, where he's in his tighty whities mm -hmm. actually has bulge physics. We noticed that right away because it was oh. dangling in our face. Oh, God, help us all. Yep. Well, so you know here what? is introducing bulge physics. <laughs> Alright, so you know what? You can't deny... <laughs> You can't the, unsee that. You can't, you can't deny that the Heroes of the Storm team is an equal opportunity offender. <laughs> you've got no, tits, you ass, and you've got the package now. So, there you go. You now have bulge physics. <laughs> you have bulge physics. Um, so, beyond the HOTS news, we do also have a little bit of Overwatch news. The Horizon Lunar Base map is on the PTR, I believe? I believe it's I believe on the so. PTR. I believe it's actively on the PTR right now. There's also some changes that have come through uh, for Reaper. A uh, big change for Reaper. Uh, some A huge change for Roadhog. And a nice little uh, buff uh, change to the mechanics of High Noon for McCree. Those are all some really interesting stuff. Um, I'm excited for the Lunar Base map. Uh, yes, and I was wrong. I told you it was a control point earlier, Chris, when we were getting ready for the show. It's actually an assault map. Oh, cool. So it's Hanamura, basically. Nice. Where it's uh, two points to defend or capture. I love, assault. I love assault maps, and I'm very excited for the Lunar Base map. As ever since that Winston uh, short. Ever yeah. since that Winston short, I've wanted this map to become I, to be I just hope we actually get some more information out of it. Some more lore Oh, definitely. I, I pray that eventually they're just going to bite the bullet and give us a story mode. I pray, because it's... They somebody actually asked that, and I'll I'll dig the Twitter interaction up with Jeff Kaplan. I think it was with Jeff Kaplan. I'll dig the Twitter interaction up, but they said that uh, that it's something they consider, but it's not on the plate at the moment. Because when they did the um, what was the last event they just did? The um, well, the anniversary event is still ongoing. No, the one before that. Um, that was the the one, oh, the one uh -oh. on King's Roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what it is. Uh, Uprising. Uprising. When they did Uprising, they had an actual story PvE event, and I fucking loved it. It was so good. Bite it was the fact that I absolutely hate the limited time nature of the rewards. Uh, that's my biggest complaint yeah. about current Blizzard, how they're doing this with these limited time rewards. Some of these are absolutely amazing skins. You have to wait the next year to get it. Um, yeah, no, on the plus I agree. Side, it's not we'll great. Though. On the plus side, we will probably see the summer summer games skins from last year during the summer games event this year, uh, because Jeff said that you know they weren't looking at any real new events this year, and it was mostly just going to be like retweaking the previous events. Which I'm okay with, and you need to be reminded that with they've done it with heroes this is the first anniversary for overwatch so this is the first time we're going to get the events coming coming through again but with heroes of the storm the 
uh, skins and mounts and all that from previous events are always available in the new one when the, the same, same event ticks over uh, for a year. So I'm, I'm more than likely, I think we're going to see all the old skins coming back again um, at some point or another. So yeah, I just, it's I just, just not being able to get an, them during the year is, is yeah, an issue for me. I just wish there was an easier way during the event to actually focus getting those skins. Yep. Because Besides the, just getting a with, shitload of coins. With the way the loot boxes work and the way that the currency system works and the the fact that it's so difficult to get coins and focus on something specific, mm-hmm. it's very frustrating in Overwatch to actually get the customization item you want. Uh, on the like, heroes where you can get it very easily. I I feel like heroes has got a much better system. Now, admittedly, you know, for a new player, it's very different comparative to us because we did have a lot of levels in the old system that translated into new loot boxes. Yep. For newer players, I, I imagine it's kind of a similar situation. But beside the point, we've rambled on that for a little bit. Um, the other little bit of news from Overwatch is that the Heroes of the Storm event skins, Officer Diva and Oni Genji, will be available from standard Overwatch loot boxes, quote unquote, soon. Um, so they will cease soon to TM. be soon TM. Uh, so they will cease to be. Uh, HOTS events exclusive items, and they will eventually join the standard Overwatch loot boxes. So they won't be part of any special loot boxes. It will be a standard drop from the loot boxes. Uh, though, admittedly, it is a legendary... They are legendary skins, so you still have the shit tier, like, what is it? 4% drop rate on it, so... Good when luck. When we're finished here, can you remind me to go and actually open my fucking loot chests in Overwatch from the Heroes Nexus Challenge? I will remember I've still to not go, done that. I will remind you to go do so. <laughs> um, and in Diablo 3 News, uh, the Necromancer comic cinematics from the intro, their intro cinematics have been revealed. Uh, we've seen some more PTR updates. Uh, the cinematics are fantastic, by the way. Uh, and the scuttlebutt yep. right now is that there is a possible release date of June 30th. Take that with a grain of salt, of course. Uh, but we're starting to see a lot more firming up of the stuff in the PTR. So that gives them about a month to finalize everything. So uh, it's very realistic. We'll see it somewhere around there. I wasn't. I wasn't planning on buying the Necromancer. I played it at BlizzCon. It was a lot of fun. It just felt like another Zul. And I already have Zul. I don't need another one. Mm-hmm. But from a lot of the videos and just how diverse the actual builds seem to be, mm-hmm. I'm very excited to try it firsthand. So I'm definitely going to be purchasing it. And I'm very excited for it now. I, I'm definitely buying... I'm definitely buying it. I swore I probably wasn't during that rage period. Yes. Uh, after the uh, clearance sale in the spring. Uh, but you Maybe know, you should explain that. I don't think I, you ever did. I never explained it. Uh, I had a horrible, shitty interaction with Blizzard customer service uh, when they did the spring clearance sale. I was trying to buy like $120 worth of stuff, and their basket, the, the, the checkout process, broke for like two days straight um and eventually i just started paring it down to the essentials just because i kept having to rebuild the basket every single time uh i pared it down to just the stuff i was really really looking for uh it was mostly just stuff i was buying for my wife like late birthday gift for her um and eventually it got through and they charged my card and i got the email saying oh hey wait for your uh, shipment information I never got the email about the shipment information. I gave it. I know that they had they had posted on the uh, Blizzard CS Twitter that you know 
it was taking longer to process payments and shipments uh, than normal because of the higher traffic during the event, during the uh, clearance sale. So I was like, okay, I gave it like five or six days. And then I emailed customer support because I hadn't gotten an email back from it and they still had my money in pinned. Uh, and they go, oh, the third party canceled your payment. Uh, the third, the, the payment processor canceled your payment. And I was like, why didn't y'all tell me that my can- payment had been canceled? They had absolutely no answer for me. They were of absolutely no assistance whatsoever. I, I just had absolutely shitty experience with them. Uh, and at that point, I swore that I was not going to spend another cent on it. And that was a declaration made in rage. And declarations made in rage should never be held accountable. Um, no. I, But I have actually curtailed a lot of the spending I have for Blizzard stuff, Blizzard products. There's a lot of stuff I would have bought uh, that I haven't. Uh, I like buying card packs in Hearthstone. I like buying loot chests in games, you know, but I haven't really bought, I haven't bought any of anything since It's then. left a bad taste in your mouth. It really You've... has left a very, very bad taste in my mouth. Um, and, you know, it, it makes me feel real bad because I do, I, li- I love Blizzard products. I've been buying Blizzard products for decades. I still have, like, the three freaking battle chests for uh, Warcraft, uh, for Starcraft that I owned back in the day. Uh, because, you know, I had to have an account, my, a, a CD key, and my twin brother had to have a CD key, and all this other stuff. So, you know, we had a, we had like two battle chests, and then two individual copy, and then an individual copy of both the original and Broodwar that were bought around the launch date. Um, I, you know, those, those, and you know, my Blizzard, my, my WoW boxes, and my collector's editions, they, they, you know, they have a special place in my home. I, I love Blizzard products, I love them. But, you know, it really was really shitty and i really didn't get much help out of them so it just it really really bad taste in my mouth so um but yes i will be buying it for one reason and one reason alone because they need to see that you know people are still playing diablo 3 i i would really prefer them to continue making content you know we've they've data mined information about the scovos island they've data mined information about new classes they've data mined all this kind of stuff I would really hate to see all of that just Gone. fade into the ether. Yeah. No, I agree yeah. with you completely. Yeah. So that's that's the reasoning why I'm looking at that. Um, so we are now officially 30 minutes into this show, and we're actually on time for once in our damn lives. I know, right? To actually move into our main topic. And, and we have still tangent for things. We still have time. We haven't yelled at each other either. Uh, so this week's topic as we mentioned earlier is anduin kid chin electric boogaloo part two uh ren he is a big lore figure in the world of warcraft universe he's uh been there since the very beginning he was the boy king the re- the boy prince of stormwind during vanilla uh, he was a 10 year old boy under the watch of bolvar four dragon and katrana prester uh, you know, uh, because his father had, uh, disappeared during a diplomatic envoy. Um, I was just, it was a really, it was kind of one of those dropped plot threads for the longest time with him. Yep. Like, uh, Anduin was a very dropped plot thread. Uh, he just kind it of was, existed. He, Anduin himself wasn't very utilized up until mm-hmm. Cataclysm. Yeah, but the but... the the entire story around him, there, you had some bits and bobs with Bolvar, some a lot with uh, Prester. Yeah, well, if you played if you played Alliance, you know Bolvar was one of the people that you know you 
was part of the whole quest chain that led up to the reveal of Katrina Prester. By the way, spoiler alert, Katrina Prester, Onyxia. Yeah, 13-year spoiler alert. 13-year-old spoiler <laughs> alert. Katrina Prester was Onyxia, yeah. um, daughter of Deathwing, uh, one of the, you know, the princess of the Black Dragonflight, if you would. Mm-hmm. Um, so Anduin was kind of an underutilized little character for the longest time. Uh, he was sort of tangentially related to that whole ch- uh, quest chain and a couple of other small things that existed back in the day. Uh, but a little bit of biographical information about him. Anduin is the son of Tiffin and Varian Wren. Uh, Varian, of course, the now deceased High King of the Alliance and King of Stormwind. Uh, yep. He is the only child born of them that we know of. I don't believe they had another child because he was an infant, I believe, or a very young when Tiffin Very young was when killed. Tiffin passed, yeah. Yeah. Um, he is, his full name is Anduin Lane Wren. Uh, he is named, of course, for his father and for his uh, his father's greatest protector and, you know, the man who helped maintain the Stormwind lineage during the period of time after Lane's heart was cut out by Garona Half-Orkin and, you know, given to Gul'dan uh, and when Lothar. Um, so you say his... that very weirdly. <laughs> and when Lothar. I had to try to get the intonation they got in the movie. Sorry. Um, um... His mother Tiffin was uh, was died during the riots that would uh, become the genesis of the Defias Brotherhood movement, uh, following the Stormwind House of Nobles' denial of payment to the Stonemasons Guild. Yep. Uh, Varian died on the Broken Shore, as we all hopefully know by this point, uh, after single-handedly beating the shit out of a Fell Reaver and a large contingent of wraith and wraith guards and wraith lords. Uh, to give the Sky Fury the chance to evacuate the other leaders of the Alliance that were present at the Broken Shore. Uh, so, you know, heroic sacrifice. Um, Which just, I think all will agree was one of one of the most badass moments in Legion. It, it, it was, it, it is the defining moment of Legion up to this point. Uh, we have, of course, you know, with the, with the Kill Jaden cinematic we've gotten, uh, I, I think we're coming to a sort of similar point right there because that 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 was Kill Jaden basically telling Sargeras to go fuck himself and beginning That's an assault. Pretty badass, yeah. Yeah, and you know, beginning a single-handed assault against the Alliance forces with the the might of the Burning Legion behind him. Uh, so kind of pretty badass too, also. But uh, you know, you know, Varian dies a hero, recognized by both sides of the both both the Alliance and the Horde. Um, yeah. Rather than uh, just being a hero of the Alliance, he was a hero of Azeroth. Yeah. Uh, information about Tiffin is very scant, and it comes from kind of... You don't of, have a lot, yeah. Yeah, it comes from kind of dubiously canonical sources. The comics are mostly par- canon? Mostly. I know the only thing we know for sure is that anything to do with Madan isn't canon at this point. Mm-hmm. Everything else is kind of up in the air. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's that's just kind of the weird point. It's just it's it's selective canon, and, and selective canon is never a good thing because it always leads to confusion. Yeah, there's there are parts of the comics that are, that are referenced in game. Some, not all, but some. Mm-hmm. And there, are, uh, I don't think we've ever had an M game reference to Madan. I don't think we have. No, I, I'm pretty certain we haven't. Um, I know that they've been kind of. 
kind of ashamed about that for a long while. Yep, which, uh, understandably so. Shamapala Majidin. So, which, yeah. Let's be honest, the fact that they're kind of rebranding Corona to be half human, half orc again. Again, yeah. Um, for like the 15th and time. considering that it's kind of looking like they are going to say Medivh as her father. Incest. I I, I don't even freaking know. Yeah, by the way, Medan <laughs> is the child of uh, Grona Half Orkin and Medivh uh, from the old canon uh, prior to what we know now. So if if Medan does become canon at any point, incest? Let's just put that out there. <laughs> Which is sad because I actually like bluegrass and I actually like dueling banjos. <laughs> I like dueling banjos as a song. It's a fantastic piece, um, but yeah, it's 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 code for you know Alabama down home incest time. Um, <laughs> um, so I, I are you okay there? You dying yet? I leave it. Um, so I I kind of rambled a little bit at this point. So if you wanted to talk a little bit, sort of like the the lead okay. into like the Regency or actually the Regency itself, I I know we kind of mentioned that, uh, or you know even the Cataclysm events and Pandaria, that'd be great. Uh, okay, I'm back. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> so yeah, we'll move on to the Pandaria because we did discuss the Regency a little bit. Um. Uh. So Cataclysm was the first time we actually got a model upgrade for Anduin. He had been 10 uh, years old. He had been a generic Stormwind uh, human child for uh, yeah. six years, give or take. So you know that generic human model child that you get for Children's Week? That was the same model Anduin had for the longest time. Cataclysm, he, we saw his first model upgrade, uh, brought him in line with his age. It was also kind of horrifying to look at. It was... It, it, it was... That face man yeah, yeah that face that face <laughs> he looks like he has seen some shit in that old model and i i'm gonna i'm gonna find like a uh, a wowpedia or a wow wiki image of it and link that in the description also because he, he he looks like he has really seen some shit and that you know he might be missing you know a chromosome or two <laughs> you said i don't have down syndrome <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> I never claim to be a nice person. No, you never have. Okay. <clears throat> uh, he was. Uh, I, this was when he got his model upgrade. He was still slightly underutilized. Um, as we progressed through the expansion, and when Begate uh, was used um, more in his priest role, a lot of it we got was from the books. So Thrall, Twilight of the Aspects, uh, the Shattering, I believe. Oh, yeah, Shattering, Prelude to the Cataclysm. So shattering, shattering, thrall twilights of the aspects. Those were the ones that we really. Oh, Stormrage was during not Stormrage. Um, Wolfheart was during Cataclysm as well, wasn't it? I believe so. Yeah. Uh, so those were the novels that we actually saw a lot more of Anduin. Um, he was then utilized a lot um to help uncover the Twilight's Hammer conspiracy in Stormwind, which was which the is lead in the opening quest chain for the Twilight Highland Zone. But then he wasn't really utilized in game, and it, all of it came from the books after that. Pretty much, yeah. For the Cataclysm point. For the Cataclysm, yeah. During Massive Pandaria, he is one of the centerpieces of the expansion, at least from Alliance's point of view. Uh, during the Massive Pandaria, he starts to grow a bit distant from his father, um, who, as far as he's concerned, is just a warmonger. Um, he calls out for peace between all factions on the island, including, including the Horde and the Alliance. 
um, and is instrumental in gaining the trust and cooperation of the August Celestials. Now, what the August Celestials are, for people who aren't aware, the August Celestials are essentially Pandaria's version of Scenarius and so on. Um, all of which, as of Chronicle, have been put into the title of Wild Gods. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so so the, the lower things like that. Yeah, these are gods that have been these are beings that have been created and are powerful based upon the planet itself. Um so these are essentially living gods. Now um, you also have to remember that he was also instrumental in the discovery of the Shah. Yes. And and, and, he and was. the purpose of the Shah and things of that nature. But you were yeah. saying, sorry. Um I forgot what I was saying. You were talking about the <laughs> wild gods and the August Celestials. Uh, yes, yes, I was. So it was, uh, Andrew was uh, uh, instrumental in gaining trust and cooperation of them. Um, and he was also, uh, during the Landfall campaign? Yeah, I believe it was Landfall Inst- in Crassoray. Instru- yeah, instrumental in the destruction of the Divine He was in- He was instrumental? Instrumental, yeah. He was menstruating while he was doing this. Okay, just um, making sure. <laughs> he was instrumental in the destruction of the Divine Bell, which is an item, uh, an ancient item that Garrosh was going to use to create half Shah, half Orc monstrosities to kind of u- to use to destroy the Alliance. Uh, and when used the what was the hammer called? Oh God, I can't even remember. I'll be honest, I I did I wasn't playing during that period of time, so I actually never even did the Landfall campaign. Anduin, there was a hammer. I can't remember. Hammer Frenet, Some, something like that? Maybe like Resonance or something, I have no idea. Um, the, Essentially, using the Hammer and the Divine Bell together, instead of creating Shah, it created uh, Serenity. It created peace and good power around it. Um, Garrosh wasn't happy about this. He smashed the bell with his with Gorehevel, and it crushed Anduin. Almost killed the guy. Almost killed the kid. If it wasn't for Valen, you know, badass Valen that he is. Goddamn space Valen. gypsy goats from space. Goddamn space God, gypsy goats from space. Um, Andrew would have died. Plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to talk about the veil? Yeah, so the veil. Um, the veil of eternal blossoms was the seat of the August Celestials. It was... Uh, the head, the the wellspring of all the enchanted water that poured into, uh, oh God, what was what's the valley? What's the valley? The the one below it, where 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 you fought uh, Salus Warband. Valley of the Four Winds. Valley of the Four Winds. Uh, the enchanted waters that rushed into the Valley of the Four Winds that created the 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 humongous you know wildlife, flora and fauna that uh, fed and nourished the Pandarans during the lean times, uh, during the mists while the mists were yep. present. Uh, it was it was the the seat of knowledge and the seat of power. Uh, of the entire of the emperor himself, Shaohan. and it was also a place where you grinded five million dailies every day in the beginning of the Missa Pandaria expansion. Uh, oh my god, I fucking hated doing Golden Lotus dailies so much. Just oh, all of us did. Golden Lotus was fucking nightmarish. <laughs> Golden Lotus sucked. Doing all the dailies just kind of sucked back in Pandaria. I, I just 
just hated it personally. Uh, but that's beside the point. Uh, there were actually some really good dailies in there. It's just the quantity and the fact that you had to do them for everybody until they figured out the commendation system. Yeah. Uh, was just kind of a pain in the ass. Uh, it was kind quick. of one of those things. Hmm? I was going to say, quick side note, because we're actually on time, we can tangent a little bit. Mm-hmm. The water in the Veil of Eternal Blossom, everyone's always assumed it was um, Will of Eternity water. No, it, it was water that it's not was the case. Yeah. purified and created by a Titan machine, I thought. No. It, so essentially the water, if you've read Chronicle Part 1, you'll know this. Which I don't think you have. I have not. Um, it is essentially essentially when the Pantheon is destroyed by Sargeras and their souls are sent to Azeroth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amanthil's soul enters Raden. Mm-hmm. He is the only uh, Titan Keeper that knows what the fuck's going on. The fact that they've all died uh, and that they're never coming back. There's nothing he can do. Sargeras is going to wipe out the universe. He takes the essence of Amanthul and places it into the water of the Vale. That oh. is why that water is special. Okie dokie. It has the essence of Amanthul. In it of itself, it has the presence of the essence of Amanthul. That's pretty badass, actually. Because right. we know what the essence of Amanthul does for us. And guess what Garrosh did to it? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Sad face. Sad so just time. just just a wee quick interesting tangent. I I I love that. That's the thing. I just do. It's like it's great. And it it's it's a nice little callback and a nice little turn back. A nice little bit more information for us to go through on that one. So that's I I love those little bits of tangents. I really have to pick up Chronicle at some point and get it uh, figured out. Um. So basically, um, Garage kind of like Shaw bombs the veil. Yeah, with the heart of Yorsage. Yeah, so you remember that whole mana bomb thing from back in Cataclysm? He kind of does something similar, but with the heart of a Shah. Old god. Yeah, Yorsage heart... is an old god. Yeah, 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 yeah. With the heart of an old god. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, those of you who didn't play during Mists, um, Yorsage was the aspect of rage. Of the old gods, his the, aspect was the rage, biggest of the four old gods, and he was the largest one. Uh, and he's the one that got killed. Yeah, Amethul essentially reached down onto the plains of Azeroth and popped him like a pimple. Yep, and basically ripped him to shreds. This is where they realize that you can't really kill an old god, even no. even a titan, ripping him to shreds. Every piece that fell became. A Shah. a Shah. A creature born of emotion. And this also created what we know today as the Well of Eternity. Yes. Which is S- just Titan blood, which is really creepy because people drank from that. Yup. That's weird as shit. Yup. Um, so, Garrosh basically uh, old god bombs the Veil of Eternal Blossoms. He murders all of the NPCs that you know you had been doing dailies for up to this point and basically turns it into a strip mining war zone yep um yeah he's a dick he's an asshole yeah uh this is also where you go and you get the 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 queue for the siege of orgamar the the portal for siege of orgamar is present in the veil of eternal blossoms because it begins the the siege of orgamar begins there yep uh fighting well, who is it immersius Immersius, and then Nourishin, and then the Shah of Pride. 
and then no, the, the uh, heroes. Nourish, yeah, so it's Nemercius, the golden, the fallen golden lotus, nourishing, then the shop right. Yeah, forgot about them. Yeah, so Garrosh bombing the Veil of Eternal Blossoms makes you go and fight some of the people that you had done daily quests for for like the last nine months. Which, from a player's perspective, was kind of fun because you wanted you hated these people because they kept sending you on the same quest over and over and over. But then it was a council fight and fuck council fights. Yeah, but I was tanking it, so it was fun. Yeah, 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 whatever. Um, that's kind of a long story short. Not really short, but still, yeah. So he fucks up the Veil of Eternal Blossoms. Um, uh, so after all of this, after, you know, all these points, well, right before the destruction of the Veil of Eternal Blossoms and the events of the Siege of Orgrimmar, uh, Anduin... And, you know, kind of between the Landfall campaign and the Siege of Orgrimmar, uh, Anduin is recuperating from his wounds in, uh, incurred during the destruction of the Divine Bell. Uh, and he recuperates in the Tavern of the Winds? I believe that's what it's called. It's been six years. <laughs> it's been a while, yeah. Um, but it's a... Uh, a tavern that was present on the hidden stair, which was a which was a hidden path from uh, Kunlai Summit to the Valley of the Four Winds. Yes, and uh, it was where that goddamn boat trip took. That fucking mm-hmm. boat trip, goddamn fucking boat trip, fucking boat trip. Um, and there was a inn, uh, and a the black market auction house, which is mm-hmm. you know this is when the black market auction house became a thing. Uh, the Black Market Auction House and the Inn were there, and that was Raytheon's home base during yep. the whole expansion. Uh, and so Anduin recovers and recuperates there, and he becomes friends with Raytheon. Oh, frenemies. Frenemies. Like, kind of Sundere frenemies? Kind of. I would love to see like a, a little mini-series with them, too. Yeah, I, I I'd say that uh, Raytheon would be the Dere Dere, and uh, Anduin would be the uh, Sun Sun. Uh, yeah, we. Like, have you ever there, seen llamas? You ever seen llamas with hats? No, I haven't. Okay, so it's a series where there's one llama that's a good guy, and then one llama who's a mass murderer. Raytheon would be the mass murderer one. Llama, uh, Anduin would be the good guy. It's fucking hilarious. I, I want to see something like that. I just think that Raytheon's kind of a dick, and he really doesn't give a shit about any of us. Because he is the son of the Earth yep. Warder, and uh, Azeroth is his uh, is his birthright, and he's a dick. Yep. So by this point, Anduin has come to accept his father uh, for who he is. He may not agree with the actions that Varian takes, but you know he's come to a peace that his father is who he is. He doesn't agree with them, but he definitely understands them. Yeah. Um, so I know you know a little bit more about war crimes, so why don't you go ahead and yeah. uh, talk about that so, whole wrap-up. After the events of Siege of Orgrimmar and Garrosh is taken uh, into custody by the Pandarans, uh, a trial takes place to decide whether he should be imprisoned for the rest of his life, or he should be flat-out killed uh, uh, and executed. Uh, during the events of the war crime novel by Krista Golden, amazing book, everyone needs to read it, uh, Garrosh uh, is... Garrosh will talk to no one but two people. One being his defendant, a defender, Bane Bloodhoof, who, by the way, he didn't want to defend him, but he kind of had to. Uh, Mostly because Garrosh killed his father. 
Yeah, mostly because Garrett killed his father. I think that would put a strain on our relationship. I, 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 you know, I, I had a girlfriend like that once, so. <laughs> um, the only other person you'll talk to is Andowin. Uh, during the course of the book, Garrett and Andowin share many conversations. Um, and in the end, Andowin is the one that actually saves Garrosh from an assassination plot planned out by the Windrunner sisters, Sylvanas and Valera. Varisa? Oh, did I say Valera? You said Valera Sanguinard, yes. Fucking Blood Elves and all their similar names. Varisa, thank you. Yes, Varisa Windrunner, uh, the... <laughs> the fourth, the fourth, the, uh, the, the fourth, fourth Windrunner, Windrunner sister. sister. Valera Windrunner. Valera is the Kendall Jenner of the Windrunner sisters. Yep, 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 there you go. And, you know, that keeps in, keeps in tune with the theme of last week, you know, keeping up with Windrunners. Uh, yes, it does. So there we go. Um, but, you know, War Crimes is a good novel. It does give you a lot of insight into Garrosh as a character beyond the two-dimensional Saturday morning cartoon villain he was yeah. during the events of Cataclysm and uh, Pandaria. Uh, Pandaria. Uh, um, so, and it does open a bit more for Anduin because he does learn a lot, like, I understand some of the stuff you were doing to help your people, but at the same time, you're still a fucking psychopath. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, so do you want to do the lead-in, or do you want to do Son of the Wolf? I would like to do the... I'd like to do the lead-in. Go ahead. So we're so, going to talk a little um, bit about Legion, and the Assault yeah. on the Broken Shore, and the Broken Isles. Because Andrew, no no faction leaders was very prominent in Warlords of Draenor. Except, no. you know, Valen 2.0. Yeah, uh, we really didn't get a lot of, you know, story content from mainline universe beyond Khadgar, really. Yeah. And even then, it was just, I need a thousand and fourteen Apexus crystals. Exactly that many. No more, no less. (laughs) Don't question me. Fuck you. Um, Right, so, uh, Assault Assault on the Broken Shore and Legion is where we got the second model upgrade for Anduin. Again, to also bring him in line with his age. But for some reason, he also shares major similarities with every prince slash king in the Warcraft universe, you know, the ponytail, the growing hair. Mm-hmm. Now, he, he looks like a young Arthas, if anything. Yeah, <laughs> now, mind you, I hadn't even realized it until I was writing up the research and for the for the lead-in on this, uh, but he is a dead ringer for goddamn Valerian Minsk from StarCraft yeah, 2. He is a it goddamn is night, dead it is, it is literally just the exact same. It is, it is weird, because I don't like Valerian Minsk at all. Yeah, but I, 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 I was looking at it, and somebody mentioned, oh, hey, he looks a lot like Valerian Minx, and I'm like, well, no, and I put the picture side by side, and I'm like, is Bam. Clark Kent really Superman? <laughs> <laughs> is Andrew really Valerian Minx? Is that a thing? Is that a thing? I, I, I'm betting there's some slash fiction out there somewhere. Oh, God. Okay, so, <laughs> so Varian leaves him behind, uh... Uh, to watch over Stormwind in his absence as he uh, attacks the Broken Shore with the other Alliance uh, leaders as and well as their allies in the Horde. I was going to say, that was it, it was the greatest massed attack of yep. Azeroth's history. It's, it's basically the War which, of the Ancients 2.0. Which is why, let's be honest, the Legion cinematic trailer is the best cinematic trailer out of all of them. because it, It's absolutely gorgeous also. The just the sight of an alliance flagship with all their alliance forces flying side by side with a forsaken flagship when all of the forsaken forces is fucking gorgeous. 
a, 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 a forsaken dirigible next to the the pride of the alliance air navy it is fantastic it is a beautiful sight um so yeah varian is very well aware that he's probably not coming back Mm. and you're neither he's he's very aware that a lot of the leaders is probably a lot of the leaders of the horde and alliance are probably not coming back um after anduin learns about the death of his father and his uh his destruction to the hand of Gul'dan. Let's be honest, mm. destruction is the best way to put it because he was evaporated. He was incinerated completely. He, well, you know, I, I I'm certain Gul'dan is selling fantastic Varian jerky somewhere right now. That's fucking gross, mate. That's fucking gross. They're um, orcs. What do you expect? They're Anduin goddamn savages. Anduin an ex- fell into an extremely deep depression. Uh. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't speak to anyone. He wouldn't. He just. He just sat strong and and a. And a basically plot, refused basically. to accept the kingship. Yeah, basically, there wasn't really a king of Stormwind at that point. He was the named king, but he refused to accept the kingship. His, his advisors, um, Greymane and Velen, basically had to make all the decisions for him at that point. Pretty much, uh, they were essentially running Stormwind and the Alliance. Mm-hmm. Um. During the Broken Shore campaign, so we're up to 7.2 content when we first see Anduin again. And bear in mind, this is an Alliance-only story, so the Horde didn't get to see this uh, in-game, but the cinematic and the story arc is available online. Fuck um, y'all filthy goddamn orc savage sons of bitches. We got the storyline this time. Screw the, you. The players find the compass that Varian hold, uh, uh, holds during the uh, cinematic, cinematic trailer for Legion um, and that he had when he felt. They take this to Anduin. After a quest chain that goes through Stormwind, where he's looking, he's, he's seeing the people, hearing how they feel, grieving his father's grave in the park of Stormwind, which is Lion's Rest, they've renamed the place. It's, it's such a cool place, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, he then goes to the Broken Shore with you. After going through a bit of story in the Broken Shore, uh, including helping some of the fallen ghosts of some of the people who fell during the Broken Shore, um, you eventually get to the place where Varian fell, right outside of the Tomb of Sargeras. Which is coincidentally known as Rin's Fall. Rin's Fall, yep. Um, Anduin, this is when the cinematic cutscene kicks in. Um, v- G- Gary, Greymane and Velen are both there, waiting because they know he's gonna come here eventually and they're talking about anduin and the future of the alliance and anduin comes up walks all walks a bit further through the scene and he finds the sword of his father Shalamane. when he picks up the sword anduin has a vision of his father this in this vision varian reignites the fire in anduin bringing him out of the depression that he's been in since he heard the news. And in turn, relights the fire in Shalomain as Anduin's hold. The lion somewhat returns. Pointed as fuck, son. Oh, yes. That's some pointed ass shit. Sorry, I couldn't it's, help it. It's, a, it's, it's honestly an absolutely beautiful scene. Um, well, while well, Anduin and Varian are having this discuss- having this talk, Varian's kind of 
trying to bring out Anduin, the Anduin he knows, the Anduin he knows that can lead the Alliance, lead the, the people of Stormwind, and stop the Legion. And you just see the fire on the on the sword just start to burn again. And it's, it, it honestly is a beautiful scene. From a technical standpoint, it really shows how much time and technology they put into utilizing the in-game engine. Yep. Because, of course, that's one of the cinematics that's shot using the in-game engine. It's night and day compared to, you know, the Wrathgate cinematic, the first one they really did uh, utilizing the in-game uh, machinima Which, system. let's be honest, the, end, the Wrathgate cinematic is still, still amazing. It's still fantastic to this still day. Still a fantastic cutscene. But it just shows how much it's progressed. If you look at the Wrathgate and then you look at specifically this one, this mm-hmm. this one, it, it just it, it's just very clear how much passion has been put into making sure that we get a cinematic experience while we're playing this game. Also, it's a hell of a lot cheaper to do. Yeah, <laughs> there's that too. You know, you got to look at it from the business standpoint. Um, but yeah, so I mean, you've got. That that pretty much wraps up what happens in game. Uh, there was also a comic that they did uh, a couple of months back, right around the time Legion came out. Uh, it was one of those comics they did along with the the backstory for the Hammer of Kazgaroth and some of the other things they did. Moira, uh, Moira, uh, the Council of the Three Hammers. Uh, but if I'm correct, this this is the only of the four comics that was released. This is the only one that actually takes place later in the legion campaign this is the yes. other one that actually takes place in 7-2 yes this takes place post 7-2 uh because anduin is sitting on the throne of Stormwind. it opens up with anduin sitting on the throne of Stormwind, holding Charlemagne in his lap um and he's told that you know long story short i could sit here and describe the whole comic or you can go read it for free on the blizzard website we'll have a link to that inside of the show description um i'm gonna hit the high notes on this though um so during the short comic, uh, after he's reclaimed Shalomane, as he's sitting in Stormwind, he is basically assaulted in an assassination attempt by a Nathrazim infiltrator deep within Stormwind. So the Legion is everywhere. Yeah, it's literally in the this ne- it's in the room right next to the throne room. Yep. Um, and basically, you know, Anduin and the demon have a back and forth about, you know what the Legion's going to do. The demon's very cocky. And, and the Nathrazim, sorry. Nathrazim is very cocky, and he's just like, we will destroy you. We'll, we'll end you. Your father died squealing, kind of, etc., etc., sort of things. Um, eventually, Anduin just gets real pissed off, and uh, out of nowhere, the first time we've ever seen him do this, he summers, summons a hammer of light and basically smites the shit out of this demon. Uh, we've never seen Anduin do anything like this. Um, and it's really interesting because... The hammer made of light is very much a paladin mm-hmm. kind of signature move. Uh, you know, when, divine when you think hammer, of hammers hammer and of light, you think paladin. Yeah, you think paladin. Um, so, and, the, and then we actually had a long discussion about this. Yeah, when the comic point. first came out, we actually discussed this very thing for like yeah. what forty minutes, something like an hour. Yeah, we actually talked really heavily about it because. Uh, the hammer of light, hammers of hammers made of light, are such a very paladin image that it's something that you know it makes you go, hmm, is this some sort of callback? Uh, especially when you realize that you know Anduin has a mace called Fearbreaker 
that was given to him by Magni Bronzebeard. It is a artifact weapon of the Bronzebeard clan. It is a legendary artifact weapon associated with the Bronzebeard clan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at one point he gave the hammer away because, you know, he, he gave, he it, gave to it to Bane. <clears throat> he gave it to Bane Bloodworth, I think actually during the War Crimes novel, right? Um, it wasn't, it was before War Crimes. It was during oh, when the did... campaign. It during... was, it, it was either Thrall Twilight the Aspects or it was, what's the one? St- Wolfheart? It was either Wolfheart or Thrall Twilight the Aspects he gave it to him. Yeah, but uh, long story short, he's got this weapon that he gave to Bane, that Bane then presented to Jaina Proudmoore and Jaina, who gave it to, uh, back to Anduin. Uh, yeah. You know, so he's already associated with this this mace, this hammer, uh, and his, you know, the way, instead of just, you know, calling down, like, a pillar of holy fire or just straight up smiting this Nathrazine, this demon, he actually summons a physical hammer made of light and uses it to destroy the demon and if you look Uh, at this if you look at the actual comic panels he incinerates that demon he is nothing but dust by the end of it yep uh and if you also look at the hammer in those sequences i believe that hammer is a dead ringer for the hammer uh lights hammer Hammer. yeah lights lights hope or whatever it is i forget it's a dead ringer for uther's hammer which is a a representation of lights hammer yeah yeah uh, which, of course, it's nowhere near as long as, you know, Uther's, but the, the head is practically identical to it. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of something a lot of people have speculated that, you know, Anduin is going to take a more offensive role going forward. He might become a paladin himself. Uh, and that's, you know, those of you who aren't familiar with the lore behind the paladins and the priests of the Holy Light, uh, the paladins of the Silver Hand and the priests of the Holy Light, the paladins were actually priests that were armed and taught how to use the light in an offensive fashion by Alonzo's Fowl. Yeah. Uh, who actually is a priest. Undead priest in the priest Undead order priest. Um, But during the first war, they were taught by Alonzo's Fowl how to tap into the light as a weapon as opposed to a supportive thing. Uh, and the some of the first some of the first students he had were was Uther the Lightbringer. One of the very first students he had was Uther the Lightbringer, who was a I want to say Uther was a priest in Northshire. I don't quite remember. I this is something I, I didn't believe actually believe it was Northshire. And, this is something I actually didn't go and do research on, regrettably, because I didn't think I was going to go this far into it, but um Yeah, and the paladins that we know as paladins. Now we're not talking about the Sunwalkers, we're not talking about the Blood Knights, we're not talking about the Hands of Argus, we're talking about these paladins of the Silver Hand. So dwarves and humans. Dwarves and humans were priests that basically girded for battle and learned to use the light in an offensive manner. Uh, So there's then a time jump of indeterminate period in the comic after Anduin storms out and says, we have work to do, basically, uh, over the smoldering, ashy corpse of this uh, Nathrazim. Uh, an indeterminate jump later, we are on some sort of Draenei or Naru ship. It looks like the Exodar. It looks like it could be the Exodar. Uh, it's got that crystal architecture and everything. Uh, Anduin is a grizzled old man. He's got a beard. He's gray-haired. He's stupid. Uh, but 
he's standing beside Velen, and Velen refers to him as the High King. High King, we, we're approaching Argus, I believe is the line. Uh, and it's basically, it's implying that the Alliance still exists at some indeterminate period in the future, and that either Anduin the- Anduin is still in charge. Anduin is still in charge, and it's either the Army of the Light, or it's just the fleet that Velen is preparing to put together to return to Argus and assault Sargeras. Yep. So it's a really good ending. Uh, it's very open-ended. We haven't really very gotten a whole ending. lot of information except for, you know, the, 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 the compass sequence in the broken shore, uh, basically setting up that comic. Yeah. So, uh, do you have anything else to add about Anduin? Anduin used to be one of the most underutilized characters. Until, and I think you'll agree, until Christy Golden took him under her wing. Anduin I... is very much the love and care of Christy Golden. Yeah, very much. I, I, I feel like Christy Golden's taken a very deep interest into, into Anduin, much like Knack. God, hate that man. Um, <laughs> the Aspects and, and Ronin. Took the Aspects and Ronin as his kind of characters. Brock Cigar. Um, yeah. Raptor Army. Psychic Raptor Army, okay? Don't remind me. <laughs> Psychic Raptor Army. Oof. Day of I, the Dragon, I, loved, I believe. I, I love Stormreach. Stormreach is a fantastic novel. But Psychic Raptor Army. Yeah. Okay? God damn it, Knack. <laughs> You've ruined more book series than I can count, you fucking hack. Um... Yeah, definitely. I definitely see, you know, Anduin as kind of like sort of a character that she's kind of helped nurture. Uh, nowhere near as bad as Metzen and Green Jesus, but No, but she's doing it right. She's building the she's building the um foundation for Anduin to be something great. To That's what she did. She built Jesus. that foundation. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, no, because we like Anduin. Yeah, he's still kind of a whiny dick. He's, he's a grown. Bit of a wh- he's grown. He's grown. Unfortunately, I still see him in Missa Pandaria. No, Dad, don't do that. I'm gonna run away. Where? Okay. Yeah, I understand that, but at the same time, we're seeing a lot more of him, and it's a, it's a lot. It's, it's going in the right direction, especially from that comic. If they continue Anduin down that path, he could be one of the greatest heroes on Azeroth. Valid point. I'll give you that much. Alright, um, I really don't have much more to add on Anduin, do you? No, I think we I think we were very detailed and very not detailed at the same time. I think we were exactly where we needed to be for that. <laughs> Alright, if anybody wants to bitch, you bitch to me about it, goddammit. Um... <laughs> No, uh, yeah, that kind of covers Anduin. He's really sort of an interesting character. He kind of starts off real slow. There's not a whole lot going on. And then suddenly Um, he's he's so important. He's the biggest and most important character. Um, The thing is, a lot of it came from the novels, which a lot of people, let's be honest, a lot of people don't read the novels. Nope. So a lot of people don't know the development or the path that has turned Anduin from this 10-year-old boy who was... Um, Boy King of Stormwind to the badass we see in Son of the Wolf. I just want him to become a paladin so we have another paladin. 
hero. I want him to be a paladin, but at the same time, I would like him to keep his priest roots because I like the fact that one of the leaders, other than Taranda, who's, let's be honest, I'm sick and tired of Taranda and Taranda, my love! And the fact that she is the reason everything is going wrong in the world. Um, I would like there to be another priest at the at the top of the. Their priests are already overrate, over overrepresented. No, they're not. Valen's a badass, and now we have Andrew being a badass. Half of the racial leaders of the alliance are priests. Fuck Tyrande, she's a whore. Valen's a badass, and Andrew's a badass. Half keep it as the priests. racial leaders are priests. Valen's a badass, Andrew's a badass. Let's keep it priest. Make Northshire great again. Make Northshire great again. <laughs> I fucking hate you so much. Andrew for president, twenty twenty. Fuck you, I'm voting for basic campfire in 2020, alright? I have decided I'm going to go back. No, I voted for uh, Kal-El, last son of Krypton, in the 2016 election. I will be voting basic campfire in the 2020. I did vote basic campfire 2012, though. Ah, okay, so I knew you already did that at one point. Yes, I voted basic campfire 2012. Um, But yes, I will be hoping to vote basic campfire again in 2020. Uh, I... Cannot wait to see who his running mate is that year. It's going to be a really, really good year. Uh, I think that about covers everything on this week's show. Do you have anything that you want to complain and bitch about? Anduin for 2020. Anduin President 2020. Uh, basic Campfire Anduin 2020. Yep, that. there you go. That's the running mate. There's your ticket. There's your ticket right there. Basic, basic Campfire, campfire and Anduin and... for Vice President. <laughs> basic Campfire Anduin 2020, guys. Get on it. Um... I think that's going to cover everything. Any last thoughts we on need, that? We need to make a shirt. Yes, that needs do. to be a shirt. It, there will need to be a shirt associated with that, uh, along with a hashtag. Uh, because every good, uh, useless bit of fucking information these days has a hashtag associated with it. All right. So that's going to cover just about everything for us this week. Uh, so that's our show this week, folks. Uh, to talk to us at any point in the week, you can find us on Twitter. The show is at AzerothCTC. Our erstwhile communist friend, Mr. Kevin, is at SwingCat with AK. Mr. Chris over here is at Akari underscore Mag. And I, of course, am at Gavril underscore ET on Twitter on the tweet platforms where you can insta tweet us uh, with tweet, the. Tweet snapgrams uh you can also email the show at azerothctc at gmail.com visit our website www.azerothctc.com shoot us a review on soundcloud stitcher itunes whatever makes you happy we love to hear from you all uh we love that we've been getting a little bit more interaction lately so uh keep it coming uh i think that covers just about everything say good night gracie good night gracie